genocide and persecution seen in so many parts of our world today. There is nothing pertaining to the Buddhist religion that should cause anxiety in the minds or emotions of others. There is no custom of converting people to Buddhism. Quite the contrary. No Buddhist will tell you anything unless you ask. The present writer would not have put pen to paper without being asked to do so. But once the questions are asked, there is a wealth of information to be had, and the subject of Buddhism is interesting and topical. What I find most interesting about Buddhism is that the Buddha taught for 40 years and then invited his followers not to believe a word he had told them until they had investigated it for themselves. He did not demand unquestioned obedience and devotion, unlike many who set themselves up as teachers of Buddhism today. He taught mental alertness, constant investigation, and clear-sightedness, among other things. I am a fully ordained Buddhist nun. I was first ordained into the Tibetan tradition by Tenzin Gyatso, His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama, and six high lamas, and later into the Vietnamese tradition by Master Thich Huyen Vi, and ten male and female elders. The second ordination was necessary because I wished to receive the highest ordination, and the Theravadan and Tibetan traditions don't hold this lineage for women. But if you ask me to what tradition I now belong, I prefer to be known as what I call a Buddha Buddhist. I am one of a very loose group known as wandering monks and nuns who do not often live in organized monasteries and who teach whenever requested to do so. When you give up the support of monastic life, as I have done, you do the best you can according to your means. I do voluntary work in the community. I don't shave my head these days, having found that my hair seems to give me a better rapport with my fellow citizens and clients in the West. I am not religious in the sense of relying on rites and rituals. I avoid organized religion with its ready-made tenets and isms, because for me, things of the spirit are personal and a matter of continual learning. I don't tell you this in order to sound like a Buddhist expert. I can speak only of what I have learned from my own studies and investigations, and from the teachings I received from those more learned than myself. Buddhism is about enlightenment, and enlightenment means fully understanding. Gautama Buddha taught from experience. He did not receive divine directions or messages from gods. He was a human being who married and had children. There was nothing mysterious about his life. He was extremely intelligent and earnest in his search for a way for sentient beings to understand and overcome suffering. He left his comfortable life to study for seven years with the greatest teachers of his place and time, even putting his life at risk in order to learn. Eventually, he began to investigate for himself, relying only on his own efforts. This is when his enlightenment, or full understanding, began to unfold.
Having found the cause of suffering and the way out of it by his own efforts, the Buddha then wondered if people would really want to know. Would they bother to listen? Then, compassion for all sentient beings caused him to begin teaching what he had learned. For the next forty-five years, the Buddha taught and gave advice to people from all walks of life, from royalty to businessmen, to the caste that later was called the Untouchables. He taught according to the needs and capabilities of his listeners. The Buddha was no dogmatist. His constant injunction was that his listeners not believe what he said simply out of respect for him, but that they investigate matters for themselves. This is what a real Buddhist tries to do. What we learn is eventually a personal experience for each of us. My initial contact with Buddhism happened more than 30 years ago, when my oldest son handed me a book called The Teachings of the Compassionate Buddha. The contents grabbed my attention, but there were no qualified teachers in my area at that time, so I just read what came my way. I was far too busy making a mess of my life to do more than that. Whenever life got to be a bit much, I would joke that one day I would either live on top of Mount Everest or become a Buddhist nun. The joke became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Although I am a Buddhist nun, I may disappoint those seeking mystery and magic from beyond. The Buddha didn't deal in such ideas. I have based my own thinking on the earliest material about him that I have been able to discover, the original investigations having been done by qualified scholars. Buddhism is many-layered. It has almost as many layers as there are believers, and certainly as many layers as there are cultural beliefs onto which the basic teachings have been grafted. Much of what is written in this book would probably not be recognized by many who consider themselves Buddhists. I would like to emphasize again that in this book I am speaking on the mundane level of basic Buddhist teachings. To speak on any other level would require a different work. This book is written for the ordinary person who is trying to live as happily and comfortably as possible in the world in which we have to function. It is also written for those who are open-minded and mentally flexible enough to consider a different point of view whether merely out of curiosity or in the hope of finding a way out of unnecessary suffering. I believe I have written just clearly enough to stimulate further investigation, which is what Buddhism is all about. I don't profess to be a teacher, but as anyone who knows me will agree, I love to talk about Buddhism. That is what I do in this book. To those who want to listen, I wish you a wonderful journey wherever it may lead. Adrian Howley Lawn, 2003 The Naked Buddha Chapter 1 The Historical Buddha Who was the Buddha? Who was this person whom so many people refer to as the Buddha? What did he do or say that had such a momentous effect on his own people while he lived and was heard in most parts of the known world of his time.
When and where did this person live? Why did he find it necessary to teach something new in a land that already had a strong, functioning religious structure in place, Brahmanism? Why did his teachings take hold so firmly when so many others were philosophizing deeply about life? Historical records, modern knowledge of ancient customs and archaeology, can tell us enough to construct a simple... Straightforward picture of the life of the Buddha. Stories from folklore and stories inspired by devotion have added a great deal of improbable decoration to the picture, a price paid by anyone who comes to public notice. There are many stories of his early life, mostly legend and folklore with religious overtones, a pure birth from Queen Maya's side. Words spoken by the newly born infant and steps taken toward the compass points. The story of him never becoming aware of sickness, poverty and death until adulthood. His prophetic horoscope. And his leaving behind a newborn son and sneaking off into the night, never to return to his home as a son, husband or father. The given name of the Buddha was Siddhartha and his family name was Gautama. He was the heir to his father, Sudhodana, elected king of the Sakyas, a wealthy clan whose state lay partly in what is now the western area of Nepal. Siddhartha was born in about 543 BC, at the time of the full moon, during our month of May, in a place called the Lumbini Gardens. His mother was Queen Maya, Sudotana's first wife.